to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. So would you give a big heart seize welcome to Dr. Keith Johnson as he comes and ministers for us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to be with you here today. Uh, wow. God really loves you guys. Uh, Pastor Philip and his lovely wife, Kelly, aren't they just absolute jewels? I mean, Wow. I've just kind of been like, where have you been all my life? I like friends like you. He takes me, his father starts off by taking me downtown to New Orleans, and we had a great time and had some great uh, dessert, and and then he takes me off yesterday to, to the LSU football game, and, and uh, man, did we ever have a fun time last night. That was a great game, huh? And uh, we had a great time hanging out together and enjoying each other. And now today we're, we're, we're here and we're going to have fun. Nudge your neighbor, say we're going to have fun today, huh? <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's such a joy. Let, let me start off my time with you by asking you a question. And if this fits you and your situation in life, I want you just to raise up your hand. Will you do that for me? Huh? Here, here we go. Here's the question. How many of you feel like in life that you should be much further along by now than what you are at this stage of the game. How, how many of you feel like that? If, you, if that's you, raise your hand. Don't put it down. If that's you, raise your hand. Look all over the room. Wow, it's about 90% of the people. Now, as you put it down, I want you to nudge your neighbor and say, well, you should be. Yeah, nudge your other neighbor and say, you should be a whole lot further along in life by now. <laughs> March 16, 2002, I felt just like you did. I felt like... I was way behind from what God really wanted me to achieve in life. I'll never forget that day. I was sitting at my breakfast nook. Tears were pouring down my face. It it was the absolute worst day of my life. Have you ever been so low that you wanted to give up on God? Uh, can we be real this morning, huh? That you wanted to give up on church, that you wanted to give up on your spouse, that you wanted to give up on your kids that move out and they keep wanting to move back in. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, that day I, ex- I experienced the worst day of my life. Why? Because, because I experienced an emotional, a mental, a spiritual, and total financial destruction. I'll never forget it. It got so low, I had to sell my house and move into my mother-in-law's 10 by 10 bedroom. Now, how many of you know that spells hell on earth? Come on. You you can't get any lower than that, right? I remember sitting at my mother-in-law's breakfast nook. Tears were coming down my face. Because I knew inside that God had so much more for me. I knew that I was supposed to travel the world and speak to thousands of people. 
I knew inside that I was supposed to be on television and radio. I knew inside that I was supposed to be a best-selling author. I, I knew inside that God had promised me cycles of success in my life, but I was experiencing the opposite. I was experiencing cycles of failure. And while I sat there, I looked up towards heaven and I said, God, what is stopping me from becoming everything I know that you've called me to become Now, how many of you know when you ask God right questions, you get right answers? Because notice I didn't say, God, why has this happened to me? I said, God, what? I want you to think about that for a moment. Sometimes we got to change our whys to a what. Lord, what is stopping me? And that day, because I asked a profoundly simple question, I got... Really a profoundly simple answer back that totally shocked me. As a matter of fact, what he told me that day so changed my life. That for the next three years in a row, my income from this one thing he told me, my income doubled every single year. How many of you could use double in your income, huh? Oh, yeah. Not only did that happen, but within the next three years, I went from having no books in the marketplace to having the Confident Solution become number 21 on Amazon.com. I went from being on no television stations to being on Fox News, ABC, CBS. I went from being basically an unknown to becoming known as America's number one confidence coach, being recognized by women's. How, How many of you know what Women's World Magazine is? Yeah, that's that little, it's the largest red women's book in the world. Did you know that? And they said that I'm one of America's ultimate experts. Now, how many know if you make it to Women's World Magazine, you're doing all right, right? <laughs> but, but that nugget he gave me, it so changed my entire life. And today I'm excited to be able to share it with you because I know the same thing he told me is going to help you begin to shift your life and really start to accelerate things to happen at a quicker and faster pace. Because doesn't it make sense? All of you admitted that you are behind. You're saying, I, I, I'm not where I knew I, sh- I thought I would be because you, you should be somewhere a lot farther along. So you need acceleration. Everybody say acceleration. I knew it that day and the nugget he told me, wow, it's like he threw me on a roller coaster and I've been on fast forward trying to catch up. How many ready to hear what he told me that day? Would you say yes? Okay, now listen, we're going to have a service tonight at 6 o'clock. Come on by and I'm going to share with, with you the secret. No, 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 just joking, just joking. Now, here's what he said. He said, Keith, you lack confidence. I was like, Confidence? What are you talking about? And to be honest with you, I thought I'd been living in my mother-in-law's house for so long. I thought I was hearing demons. Because I never heard any preacher ever mention anything about this thing called confidence before. But I said, as I sat there, I, I so heard God's voice. I said, well, Lord, show me in the Bible. If you show me in the Bible, I'll believe it. How many of you believe the Bible here, huh? So he took me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. If you got your Bible, that's cool. If not, we've got a PowerPoint up here to help you. It, it says there, it says, therefore, do not cast away your what? One more time, your what? 
Notice it doesn't say don't cast away God's confidence. How many of you know he hasn't lost it? It doesn't say don't cast away your pastor's confidence, your mama's confidence, your spouse's confidence. It says don't what? Don't cast away whose confidence? Just touch yourself like this. Say, it's my confidence, huh? But So every day of your life, think about this. Every day of your life, you have a choice, don't you? You can hold on to your confidence or you can what? Let it go. But, but watch this. It's in the moment of decisions, your destiny is shaped. Wow. Because your decisions today go into your future and create your tomorrow. And that's why it says don't cast away this thing called confidence because your confidence, watch this, will bring you a great reward. Everybody say that word with me. Would you please say rewards? You see, my friends, rewards don't go to everybody. You see, we, we and, and I even thought at that stage in my life, I thought I had a right to all the blessings of God. I thought I had a right to success. I thought I had a right to the abundant life. I thought I had a right to prosperity. And, and, and I thought that was just because I was saved, just because I loved the Lord, just because I went to church. And I started to realize, wow, that there is a divine connection between my confidence and reaping the rewards that I really wanted in life. And rewards, you see, don't go to everybody. I started to think, wow, rewards only go to the few, don't they? They only go to the few who are willing to do what the majority of the world is unwilling to do. Now, see, if all we had to do is have Jesus in our heart and love God and and praise his name and, and go to church, doesn't it make sense that the church should be full of the most prosperous, the most blessed, the happiest group of people? Come on, doesn't that make sense? But what is the truth? Listen, I traveled all over the world from Tampa to Tokyo to Australia to South Africa to Spain. I've been all over the world. And here's what I found about the church. We are not the gathering place of the most successful, blessed, and prosperous, and happy people. It seems as though we are the gathering place of the broke, of the busted, and the disgusted. And that's where I was, my friend. Why? Because there's nothing more frustrating, think about this, than to go to church, than to give, than to praise God, than to pray, than to read the Bible, and do all the things of what we call piety or piety that are all important, but there's nothing more frustrating than to go through life doing all those things, but never being rewarded. Everybody say rewarded. You see, rewards are those divine motivators that keep us moving forward in our progress in life. And what happened to me? I was giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and not what? Getting anything back called the rewards so that I would keep on pressing on and keep on transforming myself to become what God wanted me to become. And wow, when I started to see that, I said, okay, Lord, if confidence is what I'm missing, I'm going to do everything I can to fix it. Now, one of the things he said to me, he said, Keith, he says, you see, you have all kinds of confidence in God. 
Now, how many of you believe in God? How many of you believe in God? How many, how many of you believe with God all things are possible? How many of you believe God can do anything? How many of you believe God is powerful? How many of you believe God is confident, huh? Y'all believe in that, huh? Yeah, God says, you believe all those things about me, but your problem, son, is you don't believe any of those things about you. Woo, huh? And, and, and he said, Keith, he said, he said, if you don't believe in you, I can't even help you. I thought, wow, God's really blowing my mind away. God's really, really changing my life because that was a new paradigm shift for me, totally. And I, I said, well, God, man, you, you got to teach me this thing. He said, Keith, I want you to study confidence. I want you to get in there. I, w- I want you to study it inside and out. And so I learned from my mentor, John Maxwell, he said this one day, it changed my life. He said, you'll be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for the people you meet, the books you read, and the CDs that you listen to. And so I said that day, I said, if confidence is what I'm lacking, I'm going to study this thing inside and out. I'm going to know everything I can know about this subject of confidence. And I started to learn that, wow, as I studied it, The statistics say that one out of three people have major insecurity issues. Everybody say that word major. That means one out of three people in the earth are really messed up. Now, here's what I want you to do for me real quick. I want you to look at the person on your left. Would you just look? Just, just go ahead. Turn over. Look at the person up, up and down. Check out her shoes. Check out her weave. Check out her hairdo. Uh, check out his bald head, whatever he's got. Now, now, all right, right. You got it. Now, look at the person on your right. Everybody, look at the person on the right. Check him out. Up, down, up, down. Now, everybody look here. Everybody look here. One of you is really messed up. Nudge your neighbor, say, it can't be me. Just, just tell him, no, it, it's not me. I'm not the one, huh? And, and then nudge your other neighbor, say, no, no, it can't, it can't be me. No way. But the truth of the matter, isn't it? Every single one of us here, we all need help. Hmm? Because every single one of us here, we wrestle with what I call the FUD monster, F-U-D. We wrestle with our own fears, with our own uncertainties, and with our own doubt. Isn't that right? And here's what we learned about the children of Israel. For every day of doubt, they went another year without. Huh? Uh, doubt is expensive and fear and uncertainty and my own doubts were paralyzing me, were stopping me from becoming everything that God really wanted me to become. And and here's what I found. I, I found that a man or a woman without confidence is like a jumbo jet setting out on the runway with no fuel in it. See, when I look over this wonderful church, I see a bunch of people who have so much potential, so much power that's never been released yet. (laughs) You see, many of us, we claim that we have God inside of us. That means when God came in, you didn't get 50% of God. You didn't get 25% of God. You got 100% of God on the inside of you. Can you say, oh, yes? You don't have to go to Benny Hinn and have him throw his coat on you. You don't have to go to some evangelist and say, will you pray for me so I can get more of God? Everybody say, I got all of God inside of me, huh? Yeah, you got 100%. So that means you got the power. 
Let's say that. Say, put your hand up here like this. Oh, ready? Say, I got the power. Oh, now that would, that's about it. That would scare an ant. Come on. You ready? Put your hand up. Say, I got the power. See, you got the power. You got the jumbo jets. But what's the problem? You don't have the fuel. And confidence is the fuel. Once you get the fuel inside of you, see, you'll begin to boldly do what you never thought you could do before. You'll begin to boldly go where you never thought you could go before. Come on. You'll begin to boldly attempt the things that you never thought was possible before, huh? And then you'll boldly go where you never thought you'd go before. And watch this. When you get that confidence fuel inside of you, divine destiny will start to speed up for you, and you'll be able to get there faster than what you ever thought was possible. Come on, are you ready for that? Say, oh, yes. So what I want to do is I want to give you what I consider the master key to building your confidence, to boosting your confidence so that you can begin to experience transformation and change in your own personal life. If you got a pen, I want you to take notes because because this is a life-changing thing. And if you can get this thing that I'm going to tell you right now, One year from now, you'll have to pinch yourself and say, wow, my life has totally changed. You ready? Hmm? Here it is. When God wants to change your life, he has to first come and change your self-image. Wow. So when I started studying this thing, it's called confidence. What kept coming to the surface was was that our confidence is rooted in our self-image, which our self-image is simply how we see ourselves. And wow, that, that started to totally blow me away because I started to think about God in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. We know that God put man in paradise because we've all been created for paradise, huh? God always wants the best for every single one of us in our lives. And, and he told man, he says, I want you to take over the earth. I want you to have dominion. I, I want you to rule. I want you to reign in life. I want you to be a success in life. Isn't that right? Wow. And so if God wanted us to be successful, be like him in the earth, doesn't it make sense that he would need to give us the tools that we would need to succeed And doesn't it also make sense that whatever he gave us first must be the most important? So I started thinking, well, what did God give us first? Did he give us the earth? Did he give us dominion? Did he give us seed? Because whatever he gave us first, wow, that must be the most important thing that I need to grasp on so that I can live the abundant life that Jesus promised. So what did he give us first? And the answer to that question is none of the above. What he gave us first, the first gift God gave man was an image. Wow, think about this. He said, let us make man in our own what? Image and in our own likeness. So so meaning God gave man the gift of a picture. Think about that, huh? God created man, and then he showed up in the garden, and he says, Adam, 
When you look at me, you're seeing yourself. Wow. Isn't that cool? So that's the first, because that word image means exactly that. If you took a picture of God and you took a picture of man, they both look the what? The same. And so, and so God said, here, here is what you need to become. I'm giving you a picture of who you really are. Why? Because however you see yourself is going to determine the degree of your achievements in life. It's going to determine how you act, how you talk, how you live out your life is going to be revealed by how you see yourself. Now, now think about this. Let me give you an example so you can understand. Uh, Gideon was called to be a world changer. Just like every single person in this church, you have a unique calling. You are here for such a time as this. Do you believe that? And and that you are here to be a world changer, to make a difference. Don't you want to make a difference with your life? Huh? Sure. And and so this guy named Gideon, God God looked down from heaven, and he saw a man that that would change a nation. But But there was a problem. Because Gideon, at that moment in his life, if you'd have said world changer, you'd have never believed it. Because Gideon was over here treading grapes. He, he was living far below his full potential. So God wanted to change his life. And when God wanted to change his life, he called forth this angel. Angel. And the angel flies. And shows up and gets his instructions. And then the angel flies. And he flies down. And he appears unto Gideon. And Judges chapter 6, verse 12, records the message that the angel had for Gideon. And here was the message. Gideon! Now I want you to say your name, will you? Go ahead. Wow, are you, are you, are you afraid of your name? Come on, everybody say your name. Ready? Go! All right, all right, all right. Gideon. <laughs> the Lord is with you. Now, now, now watch this. Gideon is frustrated. Because in Judges 6, verse 6, the Bible says that the Midianites had impoverished Israel. Now, now poverty will make you believe things about yourself that's just not true. See, see, when, when I was in my mother-in-law's house, I, I was going to church and hearing the truth, but going home and believing the lie. Hmm? Because, because I, I had experienced cycles of failure for so long, I knew the truth, but I really didn't believe it in my heart. And, and, so, and so what was happening was that I would go home and tell myself, I'm an idiot. I'm a jerk. I'll never amount to nothing. I'll never be nothing. But in church, I was saying, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and so Gideon is in a, an oppressed state. Gideon is in a recession. He's in a tough economic time. And he starts believing stuff about himself that God never said. And so the angel comes and says, Gideon, God is with you. Now, when you're discouraged, how many know sometimes it's, it's hard to hear anything positive? 
But but the beginning of transformation, you got to hear something positive to open up your ears so you can hear what God has to say to you. Get in. God is with you. Now, now how many of you know when you feel? It's like, it's like when you're in crisis, when you're in trouble. It, it, does it feel like that song, you know, that song we sing? He's so close. I can feel you're holding me now. Oh, shut up. How many know it feels like God's a million miles away, right? Sure, it doesn't feel like he's close. But what's the angel doing? The angel comes to him with a positive word in due season. And see, I, I am not an angel, but I did come in on Delta Airlines. I'm not a, I didn't come from heaven, but I did come from sunny Tampa, Florida, right? But I did come for a, for a word from all of you. Some of you have been going through some tough times. Some of you have been going through some struggle seasons. But here's the good news. Yeah, here's the good news about life. Life is a flow of seasons. And every season has a beginning, and every season has a divine ending. And I'm here to tell you, we have been through a valley season, but here's the good news. We are decreeing and declaring that from this day forward, it's coming to a divine end. A new season is about to dawn on the horizon of your future. The best days of your life are just ahead of you. Come on now. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so Gideon, hey, how, how, everybody say I'm feeling pretty good now, right? Why? Because, why? because we got a new glimpse that my tomorrow's going to be better than now. Gideon, the Lord is with you. He hasn't left you. So what does that do? That, that opens up Gideon's ears because the next word is really the, the defining deposit in his life that was going to change it. So Gideon, God's with you. You are a mighty man of valor. Wow. Everybody say that with me. Mighty man of valor. Now, now that, that's powerful because in the Hebrew it means, Gideon, you are a confident warrior champion. Write those three words down. Because that's who you really are. You are a confident warrior, not a wimp, but you're a what? A warrior, life is a fight, and you are God's warrior, and you're going to keep fighting life through. You are a champion. Everybody say a champion. I like that word because it means a supreme being with all the attributes of a winner. <laughs> See, when Christ came in you, you didn't get a chump. You got a champion. You didn't get a Jesus inside of you that just starts something. You got the Alpha and the Omega. You got the beginning and you got the end, huh? Jesus didn't go halfway to the cross. He went all the way to the cross, baby. And inside of you is that champion, that winner. Can you say, oh, yes? So, here, so here's Gideon. You, you are a confident warrior champion. Now, that's huge because I, I want you to get this. Words are nothing more than descriptions of pictures. That's all word is. Let, let me show you. When I say the word pink elephant, how many of you just saw a pink elephant in your mind? Wait, huh? Raise your hand, huh? Sure, sure. Now, is there any such thing as a pink elephant? No. But, but is there such thing as an elephant? 
Yes. So I've said elephant, and you saw what? An elephant. I said pink, and what did you do? You put a pink coat on the elephant, didn't you? So a word is nothing more than what? A description of a picture. So when God wanted to change Gideon's life, he came and spoke a word trying to change the internal picture of how Gideon saw himself. Because God knew that if I don't change the internal photograph of how Gideon sees himself, I cannot change his tomorrow. Isn't that good? Now, as soon as God shows up, now this is cool. As soon as God shows up to speak to him, God totally ignores the fact that he's a grape treader. You got that? You see, God sees more inside of you than what you even sometimes see in yourself. You've got way more potential. What is potential? Potential's not who you are right now. It's who you could be. Potential is not what you're doing right now. It's what you what? It's what you could be doing. Potential is not what you have right now. It's what? It's what you could have potential. It's not how many people you're helping right now. It's what? It's how many people you could be helping. Everybody say potential. God saw in Gideon potential, way more potential. Now think about it. How much potential does it take to be a grape treader? How much potential does it take to stand up on grapes and go up, down, up, down, up? Now, how do you know your six-year-old kid could do that, right? So Gideon was living what? Far below what? His potential of what he could really achieve in life. So watch. The angel said, wow, i got to change how he sees himself. Now, isn't it interesting that when God comes to speak to you, God comes not to cop you but to coach you. Oh, I like that. See, 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 too many of you, you see God as a cop. And, and the only thing you really comprehend is, is this God in heaven that whenever you do something wrong, he's there to, bad girl, bad boy, bad, 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 bad. God's assignment in your life is not to cop you and to beat you down. God's assignment in your life is to coach you and to lift you up. Can you say yes, huh? Think about that. With Gideon, he had a negative attitude. With Gideon, he was living far below his potential, and God doesn't beat him up for it. God starts to show him his future. And that's my assignment as a coach in, in anybody's life. When I come into a pastor's life, I, I, I come into their life, and, and I don't speak to the pastor as though he had 300 people. I come into a pastor's life, and I speak to his potential. That's my job, is not to look at what is. My job is to help him to dream to what could be. Are you, are you getting this, huh? And, and that's what God does for you in your life. When you really get connected with 
with who God is. God is the greatest coach that ever lived. And that coach is on the inside of you. But the key is you got to turn the critic into a coach. Mm. Because there's somebody inside of you saying, oh, yes, you can. And your mind will say, oh, no, I can't. And God will say, oh, yes, you can. Huh? Can you say yes? Huh? Isn't that good? Now, now that's what happened to Gideon. Gideon. God came and spoke to his potential. Now, here's the cool thing. As soon as I speak to somebody's potential, how you really see yourself will come out. Hmm? Now, watch this. God spoke to his potential, and look what Gideon says in verse 15. It's hilarious. Look look, look what he says. And, And so Gideon, he said, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in what? All of Manassas, and, and not only are my clan the weakest, I'm the weakest in all my family. Now, how many of you know this guy is so negative? If he touched a battery, it'd go dead. I mean, you can't get any more negative than that. But, but, but watch, when God spoke to his potential, how he really saw himself, didn't it? It, it? it came out. And what Gideon was really saying in those verses was this. You don't understand. The, the kids do it all the time. But it's a real, it's really from the Hebrew what Gideon was really saying. You don't understand, Lord. My, you know, my family are a bunch of Losers. Come on, you guys want to have fun? You said we could have fun. You ready to have fun today? Just take your hand up like this. Come on, everybody, 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 everybody. Everybody, everybody say, loser. So my family are a bunch of what? Losers. But not only are my family a bunch of losers, you don't understand. I'm the biggest what? Loser in all my family. That's, that's how Gideon really saw himself inside. So whatever, however you see yourself on the inside, has now created your current realities. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I need some help because I love you. So I need you to go out like this. Come on, take your arms out like this. Take your arm out like this. Give yourself a big hug. Say, oh, Dr. Johnson loves me. (laughs) But you know what? The results in your life are not lying. Your results in life are your best friend telling you how good you're really doing at the inner game of life. And if your external results stink on the outside, it's because something is stinking on the inside. If you want your life to improve on the outside, first, you've got to improve on the inside. If you want things to get better externally, first, you've got to get better internally. And what I find in the church and what I did in my own life is that I didn't like my life. And so because I didn't like my life, I would constantly blame everybody else. I don't like my life, so maybe this church is the problem. So I went from church to church to church. I didn't like my life, so hey, I guess the job is the problem. My boss is the problem. So guess what? I went from job to job to job. I didn't like my life, so I said, hey... 
It must be this, this stinking town I'm in. I, I'm going to get out of this town and go to another town. And, and how many know? I, and, and so the problem that I had was that I didn't realize that every job, every town, every church, I kept taking the problem with me. And guess who the problem was? It was me. Mm. Reminds me of a story. True story. There's, there was a man named Norman Vincent Pill. He wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Have you ever heard of this guy, huh? Oh, a few of you have, yeah. True story. He's walking down the streets of Hong Kong. He comes by a tattoo parlor. And on the tattoo parlor, the sign read, Special of the Month. And guess what the tattoo was? It was called Born to Lose. So the power positive thinking guy, he, he's like, I got to go inside. And, and he goes inside and he finds this Asian man behind the desk. And he says to the Asian man, he says, you got to help me. Does anybody actually buy this tattoo? And the Asian man says, oh, yes, sir. It is very popular, sir. And, and, and he says, help me to understand why would anybody put born to lose on their skin? The Asian man. Oh, sir. You must understand, tattoo on mind before tattoo on body. Mm. Meaning, loser mind, loser life. Meaning, whatever tattoo you have on your heart is going to create your real life experiences. Isn't that awesome? So in order to change your life, you have to first change the internal picture of how you see yourself. Because Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinketh... No, 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 no. That's not what it says. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, my friend, I'm talking about something beyond the mind. I'm talking about God doing a deep work inside of your heart because the Bible says, guard your heart, not your mind. Guard your what? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows what? The issues. Everybody say the issues. Every issue you're facing in your life, your external issue is revealing an internal issue of things you need to fix in your heart. Remember this, my friend. Your heart is the captain of your life. And 80% of your decisions are not made here. 80% of your decisions are made here. So until a man's heart is changed, until the photograph inside of you is changed. Oh, oh, we can do church. Oh, we can come and praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus, and read our Bibles and give and pray and all those. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Your life conditions are always going to rise 
to the level of how you see yourself. Now, you ready for the cool thing? Are you ready for the cool thing? Because what I just did now is I kind of threw you out on the table. And I opened up your heart and I said, this is the issue. This is what's stopping you from becoming everything that God really wants you to become, from doing, from having, from achieving everything. I I threw you out on the table and I showed you, wow, this is my issue. Now I don't want to go home and say goodbye without fixing you, huh? You ready? Here's the powerful thing. From the fall, our self-portrait got all messed up. Think about this. Because in the garden, Adam always had a picture of what God looked like, how he talked, how he walked, how he acted. He, he could see the picture. And whatever you look at the longest, you eventually become it. And so after the garden, Adam was kicked out. No more picture. But God said, wait a minute, the... Now the rest of the world are not going to see a picture, but I'm going to send another picture. And his picture and his name's going to be Jesus. Oh, come on, help me here. He, he's going to be God in the flesh. And God's going to come down and he's going to show all of humanity a new picture of how I think, of how I talk, of how I act. Come on now, help me here. And and Jesus shows up. Oh, man, wow. And, And as we read about Jesus throughout the text, we're really reading about everything we can do, about who we could become about what we can achieve, about how we should act, about how we should talk, about how we should think. Isn't that cool, huh? Think about that. And, and watch this. And so what did the enemy want to kill in Jesus? His self-portrait. When he came out of the garden, God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, I love that. The first thing the father did for Jesus was confirm his identity. You see, you got to know who you are. Nudge your neighbor, say, you got to know who you are. Mm -hmm. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he wants to distill? He wants to steal your identity. Because if you don't know who you are, you'll never know what you can do. And if you don't know what you can do, you'll never have everything that God wants you to have. And if you don't have what God wants you to have, you'll never be able to help everybody who God wants you to help. So the first thing the enemy comes at Jesus with are you really if you are the son of god trying to get jesus to doubt who he was but remember affirmation comes from the father god said to jesus you're my son everybody say affirmation affirm makes you a firm person Jesus was absolutely firm because he knew who he was. 
And because he knew who he was, he simply grabs the text and says, no, wait a minute. Daddy said. Daddy said. And then Jesus, watch this, the the affirmation from the father empowers a son. The criticism from a father cripples a son. And see, most of our problems is is that we haven't had fathers that empowered us. Most of us in life had fathers who crippled us. But here's the good news. Jesus and the disciples said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, our father. Oh, my, my, my. The good news to you today is you got a new father. Come on, somebody help me. You got a new daddy, and daddy doesn't come to criticize you and to judge you anymore because his son, Jesus, was hung on an old rugged cross, and the judgment for our peace, the judgment for our sins, the judgment for our sickness was put on Jesus so that we could not be judged anymore. Come on, put your hands together. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) so that now God doesn't look at us and sees our sin God looks at our Jesus and sees our righteousness come on now hallelujah God doesn't look at Jesus and see our failures God looks at Jesus and sees a success in life come on now hallelujah And now, through Jesus, all of us have become sons. Mmm, isn't that good, huh? And now the Father saying, this is my son. Just lift up your hands and receive that, would you? You see, you can't be firm until you know you are a son of God. It's not of works. It's nothing you did, but it's everything that Jesus did for you. He made you a son of God. So now you can join in with the prayer that says, Our Daddy, Our Father God. Come on, put your hands together. You got it? Hallelujah. <laughs> So the aim of all spiritual attack, get this, it's always going to come against your self-portrait. The first thing the enemy tried to do in Jesus, maybe you're not, maybe you are. The enemy departs from Jesus, and the Bible says that he's going to depart for an opportune time. And so we see Jesus walk through his life unstoppable. Nothing could stop him. Nothing could hinder him. Now, here's what I want you to get. 1 John 4, 17 says that as he was in the earth, so are we. Wow. Meaning that everything God is, I am. Powerful. And a matter of fact, Jesus said in John 14, verse 12, he says... Greater works will you do because I'm going to my Father. So, so, so as He is in the earth, so am I. So God is powerful, so I am powerful. Oh, let's just say that with me. Would you raise your hand? Say, God is love. I am love. God is confident. 
I am confident. God is powerful. God is powerful. I am. Come on, come on. Somebody say, God is powerful. What are you? God is beautiful. You are what? Beautiful. God is unstoppable. You are unstoppable. Come on, put your hands together. You are. You're unstoppable. As he is in the earth, so are you. Wow. Isn't that cool? So let's wrap up our time together. Can the keyboard guy come? I'm, my time's all done. I wish I could hang out with you for, this is just like the introduction, but I wish I could spend some time with you. But let's just, let's just settle in on Gideon. Can we do that? Because how do you change a man's heart? The heart is changed through conditioning. Everybody say that word Conditioning. You see, somewhere along in your life, you've been conditioned to think like a loser. You've been conditioned to think not like a son. You've been conditioned to think like you're an orphan. Somewhere along in your life, you were conditioned to think you can't. When God says, through me, you can do all things. Somewhere in your life, you were conditioned to think you were ugly, to think you were stupid, to think that you would not become the success that God wanted you to think that you could become. Somewhere along the line, you believed a lie. And now you played that CD over and over in your life, in your mind. Gideon believed a lie. And he told himself that lie over and over. You don't understand. My family's a bunch of losers. and That means I'm a loser. Isn't it funny? Everybody's got a story, don't we? There's, every one of us have something playing in our head that has paralyzed us. And stopped us from becoming the world changer God wants us to become. Now, I know I didn't come to speak to everybody. But I think there's some people here who want their lives to be changed. Huh? Am I right? And, and those are the people I know I, I've, come, I've come to speak to today. But, but and if your life's going to change, here's what i got to ask you. What is the story that's been playing in your mind that you bought into? Until you identify the story and change the story, your life will never change. My story, when I was a kindergartner, the teacher brought me in. It was the last day of kindergarten. And I came into class, and we had a big cake, because we're going to have a party on the last day. We had the balloon strung. We, we had the party hats. And I was like, wow, this is going to be fun today. But the teacher pulled me into a little room, 
and said, Keith, we're sorry you can't participate this morning because you're a slow learner. Now, what I interpreted was, was that I was a retard. And I believed I was a retard, and I told that story in my mind over and over. I'm a retard. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I flunked kindergarten. How many know it's messed up to flunk kindergarten all in itself, right? How do you flunk finger painting and coloring? I don't know. But, but watch this. It so hindered me that by the time I was in the fifth grade, I could not read and I could not write. By the time I was 22 years old, I never read a book my entire life because the story I played was that I was stupid and I was a retard. And until I came to Jesus Christ and he came into my life and changed my life, for the first time in my life, I heard the Father speak a new story to me. I heard God say, Keith, you're not a retard. I heard God speak. He said, said, Keith, I'm going to send you all around the world. And I'm going to use you to touch other people's lives. For the first time in my life, I opened up the Bible. And I started to read the only book I ever read before. And the teachers told me I was a retard, but today the teacher that told me a retard never wrote a book, but I wrote a bestseller. (laughs) Oh, come on now. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) And but but I had to identify the story. And once I identified the story, I changed the story. And I said, No, 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 I'm not a retard, I'm a genius. For I have the mind of God. Come on now. His mind's become my mind. Everything. I'm in God. So I'm one with Him. And everything He is, I am. I changed the story. And the story, the new story, started to change my life. When I was in kindergarten, I think I flunked because the teacher read us this one story. And this is the power of conditioning. I want you to think about it. The story went like this. Dick and Jane had a dog. And the dog's name was Spot. Now you got did you have that you probably didn't have that story, did you? You didn't have that story? Now how many of you remember that story? Would you raise your hand? How many, wow, look at all. Okay, okay, here, I need some help. Everybody, let's let 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 let's help them up here. Let's help them with the story. Everybody ready? Let's go. One, two, three. The whole story is this. Dick. Oh, that's bad. All right, ready to go. Dick and Jane had a dog, and the dog's name was Spot. That's the whole story. Okay, now I need everybody to help me. Everybody, from the front pew to the back pew, let's say the story together. Ready? One, two, three. Everybody. Dick and Jane had a dog, and the dog's name was what? Now, I need everybody to say the dog's name five times. Everybody. Ready? Go. Spot. 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 Now, what do you do when you go to a green light? You simply what? You don't stop at a green light. Maybe you should have flunked kindergarten. Kindergarten. 
What do you do at a green light, you? Now watch. What did I do to you? I conditioned your mind. Watch. I took your mind where I wanted to take it. And I created an automatic response to where I took your mind. Think about this. What has 20, 30, 40, 50, some of you 60 years of negative conditioning done to you? Think about this. Is it possible that God has been saying, go, 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 but you have been thinking, spot, spot, spot. I believe that's why the Word of God says all the promises in Him are yes and amen. Come on now, are you hearing me? For way too long, listen, by the time you were 18 years old, your parents told you 180,000 times, no, 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 no. But I've come to tell you, we've got to start a new conditioning. And that new conditioning is yes, you can. Is yes, you Oh, come on. Somebody. Is somebody awake this morning, huh? I hear the Spirit of God saying, yes, you can. Can you build a church with 5,000 people in Baton Rouge? I'm saying, yes, you can. Can you pack out one service, a second service, and have another service on Saturday night? Yes, you can. Can you become the next world changer? Can you become the next Barack Obama? Can you become the next Hillary Clinton? Can you become the next Mitt Romney? I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. Can you become a best-selling author? Oh, yes, you can. Can you become a doctor? Oh, yes, you can. Can you become a lawyer? Oh, yes, you can. I've just come to tell you, the Father is not saying no. He's not condemning you. He's saying, yes, you can. Can God believes in you. Now you start believing in yourself. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. 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 We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.